Find this podcast and others like it at the number one new media network, Podshow.com. Better, Better, faster, faster, stronger. stronger. And now with new minty fresh scent. The Bible Study Podcast, episode 15. Today, the Bible Study Podcast looks at Abraham. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. One of the most interesting people in the Bible is Abraham. Abraham is claimed by Christians, Jews, and Muslims alike. And in the Bible, Abraham's story begins in Genesis 12, but his name at the time is not Abraham, but Abram. And it starts this way. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. It's interesting to note that the Bible doesn't give any explanation, at least in Genesis 12, of why God is choosing Abram. Out of all the people on the earth, of all the times in the earth, God starts creating a people with this guy. And he really just starts with a command. And we don't know for sure why he chooses Abram, although we'll later on see that Abram is a man of faith. And we start to get the impression of that here because basically God says, go, and Abram goes. And I think some of it, of why God chooses Abram, is as simple as that. That this is somebody who will listen. We don't know for sure that God didn't try telling 12 people before Abram to go. But what we do know is that when God tells Abram, go, leave your country, your people, your father's household, everything you have, he goes. And I think if the Bible didn't say a single word about Abraham other than this, that already puts him above average. Now, one interesting fact that we don't learn for three more chapters is that when God promises all of this land of Cana to Abraham's offspring, Abram's offspring, he doesn't have any. He's 75 years old and he doesn't have any kids. And so we pick up the story in chapter 15, God's covenant with Abram. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look at the heavens. And count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. James, in the book of James, chapter 2, will make use of this phrase, he, was, he credited it to him as righteousness, to say that even Abraham was justified not just by his faith, but also by what he did. That action without deeds is dead. But to look at this particular chapter in the context of the Old Testament, it's interesting to see here that having a child is a very important thing. And 
Abram has none, and he is 75 years old, past the age where he would expect to have any. And his wife is also old, well past childbearing age. And so he is distraught that he doesn't see that he will have any children, even though God has promised the land to him and his offspring, or to his offspring, actually, directly. And so he says to God, what can you give me since I remain childless? And God says, he makes him this promise at this point, and this is the beginning of the section where God makes a covenant and Abram is circumcised and all that, but he makes him this promise first. He says, look at the stars, go outside and look at the heavens and try and count them. So sure your offspring be. So Abraham thinks he's facing a big problem, that he has no kids and he's past the point that he's going to have kids. And God says, I've got bigger plans than your problem. And God's promise that he gives here is really huge. It's this fantastic promise to Abraham. The interesting thing that we'll see as we move on through the scripture here is that God's time for finishing his promise is God's time. And Abram gets a little disappointed. So he tries his plan, which is his wife, Sarai, hasn't borne him any kids. And so she says, why don't you take my Egyptian maidservant named Hagar? And this is from Genesis 16. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And so he agrees. He sleeps with Hagar. She conceives and she has Ishmael. And Ishmael will become the start of the Arab peoples as Isaac eventually becomes the start of the Israel, the Israelites. And that actually causes no end of trouble to this day. Both of these sons of Abraham don't seem to get along very well these days. But this isn't the plan of God. This is not what he has in mind. And so we see in chapter 17 that Abram is 99 years old by this point. Still no kids except for Ishmael. So he's 99 years old. As if 75 weren't too old to have kids, he's now almost 100. If he were to have a kid right now, he would definitely be the oldest in the PTA. He'd be 100 years old by the time his other son would be born. And so God then appears to Abram and says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between you and me and will be greatly increase your numbers. Well, his numbers right now, depending on whether you count Ishmael, are is two, he and Sarai. Abraham falls down and God says, As for me, this is my covenant. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. And Abraham means father of many. For I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you are now an alien, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. So still more huge, huge, huge promises. And God says to Abraham, as for you, you must keep this covenant, you and your descendants after you for generations to come. And he says that every male has to be circumcised. And then he says in verse 15, God also says to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah, which means princess. I will bless her and she surely will give you a son by her. 
I will bless her that she will become the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Now, this is the first time that the promise is explicitly extended to not Hagar, but Sarah. And he changes both of these people's names. He says, now well past the point where this is possible, he says, you're, you're going to have a child. And I love Abraham's response. In, in chapter 17, in verse 17, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man who is 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. So Abraham's got a different plan, an easier plan. God, I've got a perfectly good son right here. We really don't have to do this ridiculous thing that you're saying, which is this 90-year-old woman becoming pregnant by this 100-year-old man. Why don't you just accept Ishmael? And God says, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. And Isaac means he laughs. And I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant. He says, I'll bless Ishmael, he says later on, but this is my plan. This ridiculous, impossible plan. And I think the reason he does this is, I mean, why does God wait? 75 years old, he tells Abraham, or Abram, that you're going to have kids, even now that you're old, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless the world through you and through your descendants. I'm going to give your descendants, of which you have none, this land. But it's 24 years later, God still has these huge, huge plans for Abraham, but he's waited 24 years. 24 years, all sorts of stuff has happened in between now and then, but no son. Not through Sarah, at least, which is, we clearly see in this chapter, God's plan. Why does he sometimes make us wait? Why not, back in a few chapters, you're 75 years old, I'm going to bless you, and boom, your wife's pregnant. But instead, finally here, he says in this chapter, next year, Sarah will have a child. But Abraham and Sarah have had to wait not only the time period until they were 75, but they finally had to wait 25 more years before they have the child. And it seems like this is not an uncommon example for us that sometimes God makes a plan, God gives us a promise, and yet God's time is God's time. And I think one of the reasons that we see in the story of Abraham where God makes Abraham wait is by the time the son is finally born, the whole idea is so laughable that even standing before an almighty God, Abraham has to fall on his face and laugh at the ridiculousness of the whole idea. And so it's clear when Isaac is finally born that this is what God intends, that this is work of God. It's not a coincidence. It just doesn't happen. Basically, by the time that God's timing is played out, you go, clearly this is the hand of God. And I think that sometimes God waits until we can get to that point. We're going to pick up the story of Abraham next week, but that's it for this week. If you have any comments, feel free to leave them on thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight.
Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.